Well, uh, welcome to Connect Church. Those of you that are watching online and those of you in the house today on a rainy day, we're so glad to have you guys this morning. Uh, now, I, I need you to stay awake. I know the rain's going to be pouring down on the, on the ceiling today or the roof today, and so it really would make you go to sleep, but we want you to stay awake this morning. Uh, my name is Terry Pierce. I had the wonderful privilege of being the lead pastor here at Connect Church. This August coming up will be 20 years. Oh my gosh, and, and I haven't got fired, so amazing. But anyway, uh, we're so thankful. Let me just explain what's going on uh, with the, uh, I, I call it my RoboCop look now, you know, that I've got my hope. Uh, we have uh, one guy come in today, and uh, one of my neighbors, and he said, uh, dude, you don't look like a RoboCop. He said, you look like the Dallas Cowboys linebacker in the 90s. And so, so there you go. Uh, so that's pretty good. I like that one. Uh, so go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and make fun. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest with you, after six weeks of this, uh, I'm sort of tired of it. And uh, let me give you a quick update, and then we're going to, I'm, I'm doing this on purpose this morning. I hate talking about my my crap, my stuff, but but let me do this this morning just so you know. I appreciate the prayers and all that's going on, uh, but uh, at this point, uh, on Wednesday, uh, really we covered your prayers, I think it's Wednesday, uh, that uh, Blynn and I are going to Memphis to Sims Murphy, and we're going to, uh, for the first time, uh, unbelievable story, but for the first time in seven weeks, we will actually get to meet a neurosurgeon for the first time, actually get a doctor to see us and to treat us other than an ER doctor. Unbelievable horror stories that we've had to get here. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little bit. But uh, here's the cool thing. We're hoping that we're going to find answers and, you know, what's going on. My physical therapist uh, said this week, unbelievable again, God intervened and put us into a great physical therapy. He's done a phenomenal job, but uh, he's got all of the muscle spasms and stuff, everything else that because of the neck injury, the herniated disc, uh, he was able to calm everything else down. But he said, um, the good news, that's the good news. The bad news is that now uh, I don't have any feeling uh, hardly in my arm and it's tingling and uh, the pain level's down to a three so I can live with that, but I'm um, sort of losing, you know, use of this arm. And so um, he thinks that it's going back to, and he says, I'm not touching you anymore because paralysis and other stuff. So he said, I need a, you, you've got to see a doctor. And I said, man, we've been trying. So finally, we're going to get to do that on Wednesday and hopefully figure out, you know, uh, what we can do from that point forward. Uh, I'm going to tell you, and I set all that up for a reason, but I'll tell you more later uh, about the reason for all of that. So you're going to get it here in just a second. Thank you for your prayers. And I know, honestly, that many of you are going through far worse. And, uh, but thank you again for your prayers. And uh, we're praying for you guys as well and what you're going through. Well, we're launching today. Enough of that. We're launching today a three-week, three easy for me to say, a three-week sermon series uh, entitled, and we've got it for you guys, Thank You, The Power of a Grateful Heart. Uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting, ironic twist that God is doing at Connect Church here with this message. But Dr. Nielsen Siri, Nielsen Searcy, who I borrowed this title from and with his permission, and uh, he asked his congregation uh, when he shared a similar type message, and he, and he asked his congregation, he said, I want you to write in and tell me, what is something that you do at Thanksgiving season? What is a unique family tradition that your family does at Thanksgiving season and being thankful? And so his congregation, one of the, the technique, one of the practices that, that his congregation wrote him and said to Pastor Nelson was, he said, we love at Thanksgiving dinner to go around the table before we eat the birds on the table, you know, all the fixings are around there. And he said, before we dig in, and our family, several other families in the church said, we love, and for all of you positive people, 
They said, we love to share a word of testimony of what we're thankful for. And doesn't that sound sweet? And doesn't that sound such a great idea? And some of you are going, oh, we're going to do that this year and all that. Not in my house. Not in my house. And here's why. Because I have two sons that are in the ministry plus me. So here's how it's going to go down. You've got three preachers that are going to be out talking. They're going to have three points to the, to the whole testimony thing that they did. Each one of them is going to have a concluding illustration. And, so, and then we're going to get to my youngest son, Adam, who's not a preacher. And if you know my laid-back youngest son, Adam, here's going to be his testimony when we get to him finally after all the other preachers' stories and all that. Adam's going to have a simple statement to make. I am thankful that we finally get to eat. And that's going to be it. And then uh, and the food's going to be cold and molded before we get there. And so I'm saying, heck no, we're not doing this whole you know family uh, Thanksgiving thing. However, I will say this. It is a meritable idea that we need to learn how to truly be more thankful. I really do believe that one of the problems that we have, not only in our culture and society, but in the church of Jesus Christ, is that we have not uh, practiced Thanksgiving on a daily basis. Matter of fact, in this sermon series, what I'm going to be teaching you guys to do, and this is significant, I'm going to teach you guys how to pause, how to reflect, and how to truly tell God on a daily basis what you're thankful for. And the power of that thanksgiving is going to begin to radically change your attitudes and views. I'm telling you, we already saw it in the first service with folks at the altar. God is going to move in your hearts and lives in a new way. So, sure, we, we understand and, and we think about it and we say our Thanksgiving prayers. You know, we're in the South, so man, you know, we bow our heads with our kids and, you know, we had three boys. We would eat supper every night together and we did all the routine prayers and it became, you know, routine. Uh, so I get that. And then some of you all are good about if God blesses you. Man, you get a blessing, you know, we get a financial blessing, he does this for us, whatever, you know, some of y'all just came back from vacation, we hate you. Uh, and anyway, and so, you know, you just came back from having a good time uh, at the beach and stuff or the mountains, and so we thank God, you know, and, and I'm glad you guys got to have the vacation and stuff, and we thank God for those cool moments in our life, but then the rest of the time, we become ungrateful people. The truth of the matter is we spend a lot more time complaining than we do thanking God for what we have in our lives. We, fix, we fixate on things that we don't have. Are you with me this morning? Be honest. We fix on things that we don't have instead of saying thank you for what we do already have. We focus our lives on stuff that is wrong in our life rather than what is right in our life because we're not thankful we feel entitled we feel entitled in this season in this generation rather than appreciative do you realize how much that statement would change our country we feel entitled to blessings rather than appreciative are you with me this morning what we have I'm telling you, we need this message. We're always thinking about how to get more, you personality types, type A's, instead of being thankful for what God has already given us. We've become more and more ungrateful for the blessings 
that are already in our lives. And then we wonder. And then you wonder. Are you listening to me this morning? And then you wonder why you guys are unfulfilled. And you guys are not happy. Because you're not thankful for what God is doing in your life. This morning, we want to help you understand God wants to bring joy and contentment into your life. And he does this as we learn the power of a thankful prayer. So this morning, if you will, here's the title. Turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians, the power of thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to learn the power of being a thankful person this morning in this little paragraph that we're going to unpack for you uh, in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, for those of you that are new or familiar, unfamiliar to church, don't worry. We're going to have the scriptures on the screen. Uh, for those of you that uh, should know the Bible, uh, go to Revelation and flip back halfway through. So anyway, uh, 1 Thessalonians Thessalonians tucked away there uh, in, uh, in the Bible. And today we're going to see that the Apostle Paul, what he had to say to this church at Thessalonica. He's going to, and to set it up, Paul is going to instruct uh, in the preceding verses, he's going to tell the people, this is how you need to respect the leaders in the church. You need to understand the spiritual authority of what God has designed in the church, not me according to Paul in the church at Thessalonica. Then he's going to encourage them uh, in the practical ways to live peaceably with their brothers and sisters in the church. This is what he's talking about in chapter 5 leading up to this. Then we get to this paragraph and he turns from the focus of the past and from the sake of the future, he's been talking about heavenly realm stuff in chapter 4. And then he says, yes, the kingdom of God in heaven is going to be great. But guys, you're going to miss out. You're not, you, you, you've failed to understand in the church, we are to build God's kingdom here and now. It's not just focusing on heaven, but we build God's kingdom now. And guys, here's how we do it. Verse 16, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then a really freaky phrase, do not quench the Spirit. Y'all got to hang on to the end because we're going to unpack what that looks like in your heart and your life. And I think it may be the key to this whole uh, puppy that we're sharing with you about the power of being a thankful, uh, being a thankful person. Paul has taken the congregation in the preceding verses in chapter 4 on a, you know, remember the song, you can only imagine, he is, he's delving into chapter 4 about the glory of heaven, and then all of a sudden we get to chapter 5, and boom, he drops us back down to earth, and he says, I understand heaven's our goal, but guys, here's how you get to heaven. I want to remind you, Jesus has paid it all, but, but there's a lifestyle that needs to come with building a kingdom. Dr. Danny Aiken, a, a New Testament scholar, he summarizes it this way. He says, Paul gets it right to the heart of the church. He gets it right to the heart of the church. It's interpersonal relationships, summarizing this text, and it's an internal devotion. How much do you love one another is the question, and how much do you love God? Something we like to say around here is this text is talking about loving God and loving people. Somebody needs to write that down, Tanner, as a you know, mantra for our church. So here's, here's what we're doing today. We're digging deeper into the text this morning, and let me, uh, help, me, let me help you do that. We're averaging now, uh, and this is unbelievable, 
We're averaging this month uh, and last month close to five new families coming to our church a week. Unbelievable of what God is doing. Off the, I've never seen it like that. And we've got all of you guys that are coming into our church and coming back. Uh, Blaine and I was going to take a family out for lunch today. And it's just cool stories of what God is doing here at Connect Church. And as you guys come, you may not be familiar with the Bible. And welcome to Connect Church. Uh, we love seekers. And one of the things you need to know today, if you're not familiar with the Bible and you think that we're all sort of weird and all that, I've seen like five guys wearing this brown shirt today. It's not a thing. Brandon's got one. Um, you know, me and Brandon make it look good. Anyway, uh, but, so we've got uh, this whole thing that we look like or whatever. It's not that way. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is if you're not familiar with church, here, let me explain a little bit about the Bible to you. The Old Testament was not written in English. And despite what your grandparents said, it was not written by a King James. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is the New Testament was written in Greek. And the reason I'm telling you all this is the Greek language is way more complex than the English language, in which you're just going to read on the surface in your American Bible in English. And the reason I'm telling you this is because you need to know what Paul was saying here. In the complexity of that Greek language, when you go back and dig into this text, this paragraph, this little statement of these five verses, Paul is writing in a different, we don't have this in the English language, we call it in an imperative and present tense mood. And you're going, cool story, bro, like the you know, language history. And here's the reason it's significant to you and I. The, the imperative present tense means that basically when Paul writes this statement, it goes against what you read in your American Bible and for you and your personality types that, oh, there was this sweet little Paul and he was this aged old preacher who said to the church at Thessalonica, you know what, it would be a great idea. Let's pray without ceasing if you want to. Let's be thankful in all your circumstances and don't quench the spirit if you guys feel like it. It wasn't like that at all. Paul is literally, if you could translate it out, he's yelling in, in written form. He's the old ball-headed, worn-out preacher who's yelling at the congregation. And he's saying, guys, this is the key to building the kingdom of God. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. So he's... He's shouting in the writing. He's saying, this is imperative. This is important for you to do. This is the present way you live your life. Give thanks in all circumstances, for the will of God is inside of you. Here's what New Testament scholar Michael Holmes says about this text. I know it's raining in here, and don't go to sleep, so hang with me. This is good. He says this about the text. This verse Call, it's not raining in here. Did I just say that? It's raining on the roof. Okay, sorry. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're, we're good. We're dry. So if you get wet, let me know. T tell Kevin. So here's the thing. This verse calls us to take advantage of the opportunity to acknowledge. This is so good. You guys want to get this. This verse is calling us to take advantage of the opportunity to acknowledge and affirm our faith in God. Isn't that awesome? This, guys, right here is the power of thank you. The power of thank you is you come to his house, you pray without ceasing, you develop a spirit of thanksgiving in your life. Why? 
Because every day, God deserves for you to acknowledge his authority and his power and his grace in your life. Amen. Are you with me this morning? God deserves every day for you and I to acknowledge his authority and his power and his grace in our life. And so that's the power of the, th- of the, of the thank you. Our church believes, again for the new, new folks and even for our folks, in the Apostles' Nicene Creed. This was established a few decades after the life of Christ. And they came together to formulate basic doctrines, James, that the New Testament church would be on. Justification by faith. Grace alone that saves us by faith. And all of the great doctrines that we believe in as the church of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago was established by this Nicene Creed that they developed just a few, uh, about a hundred years after the life of Christ. Now here's the cool story, bro. 2,000 years later, in June of 2021, we still believe those same doctrines. And you know what the main doctrine that they developed in that day and that we still stand on 2,000 years later? This will of God that Paul is talking about in verse 16, here's what we believe. We believe that it was the will of God that he looked down on the human race and he saw that you were a sinner, you were a sinner, I was a sinner, and there was no hope of ever changing and making good people out of these guys. And the only way that, I was, that God was going to save the world was to send his son, Jesus Christ, from the glory of heaven and become a perfect lamb sacrifice who would be nailed to an old rugged cross. And on that cross, his blood would be shed, a holy, sinless God-man who would die for your sins and mine so that we would never have to go to an everlasting hell. What Tanner and Bailey and the group just sang about would happen on that cross. He would arise on the third day. He would get up on the third day. He would be alive for the rest of eternity, saving us. And somebody say amen. That's what we believe. That is the will of God in us. And folks, y'all need to be celebrating that every day. You want to be thankful every day. What Mike just said, that you're not going to hell and that Jesus Christ has redeemed us and he saved us, Lynn, and he's changed our lives. And now we have the privilege to thank him for that. This is the will of God in us that we've called to the power of thank you. But here's the problem. When I just told that story, And I look around the room, and honestly, those of you that are watching online, some of you are on vacation, some of you have other reasons, but some of you need to have your butts in the house because he deserves your praise. He deserves your worship. And when I just told that story, and this is where it gets offensive, so let me see if I can offend you here. You know what? The average church member sitting here today is a Baptist, and we've heard this story, what, 3,000 times? Matter of fact, you hear it every Sunday at Connect Church, and when I just told that story again, y'all just sitting there, yeah, where's my phone at? And we tune out, and we don't get excited of the fact that we have been saved, 
And I yell at you guys pretty often, and this is sort of one of my phrases that I've said for 20 years here, and I'm going to do it until you get it. You ought not ever get over getting saved. You ought not ever get over getting saved. It ought to radically change you that you refuse, to, that you're going to preach, and you're going to pray, and you're going to teach your family, and you're going to go to his house because you realize, without Jesus, I have no hope. Jesus has given me a new life. And I'm telling you, we need to get excited. And the reason some of you are sitting on the premises like a bump on a log and you don't get excited about that because you've lost the wonder of who Jesus is in your life. Can I challenge you to be like a preschooler? In our children's department last Sunday, we have this little grandson of Michael and Amy. Mom and dad's here today, Thatcher. And Thatcher, they posted this on social media, so it's fair game. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, Thatcher drew this little drawing. Now, I don't even know Thatcher. Just met his mom and dad a few weeks ago, started coming to our church, new to our church family. I told you we love new folks because this is the love. This is the cool thing that God is doing in their lives. So Thatcher is now going to children's church. And here's what he's learning in children's church. He's learning about Jesus Christ dying on a cross who loved and saved him. And you know what? Chat Thatcher is so cool about that story. Here's what he said, Jesus on the cross. So this is Terry Pierce. I love this kid, don't even know him, but man, this is my artistic talent right here. This is how I would draw Jesus on the cross. And now what you notice is you've got the little fuzzy stuff and it looks like he's got angel's wings. Those are not angel's wings. This is so cool. Here's what he did. He said, I'm putting a cape on Jesus because Jesus is my superhero. Don't you love that? Amen. Isn't that awesome? Give him a round of applause. That is cool. And that kid in preschool has greater understanding than what some of you that have been sitting in this John Brown church all of your life. And you want to know why you've lost the wonder that Thatcher has? Here's the cool thing. He goes to children's church every Sunday now with our church. You know what happens? Andrew is pouring into him about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then afterwards, Andrew disciples your kids and they're being discipled every Sunday after they hear the word of God at Connect church just like mom and dads come to the church hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in big church we disciple mom and dads on Sunday night just like the kids are on Sunday morning in children's church somebody we need to get back to being thankful that we have a church that is promoting the gospel making disciples and that's all we John Brown do and I'm telling you we need to be thankful for our church and we need to be thankful for Jesus And that really freaking hurt my neck. What I just did there, my arm is totally numb. So here's what I want to remind you today. Be thankful. It's imperative that we do this. Paul says rejoice in what God is doing in your life. So how would you like to get back to having the wonder that Thatcher has about Jesus? Would you like to get there? Can I help you do that this morning? Get out your notes. And what I'm going to practically do is share with you out of this text how to, the power of a thank you in your heart, in your life. Number one, principle number one, is we rejoice. Oh my gosh, that hurts. We rejoice always. I can't think of anything more contagious than being around people who have joy. Um, yeah, let me say that again. I love coming to church here because our people love being together and being in church. Joy 
is contagious. Are you with me this morning? Joy is contagious. And it's what attracts other people to connect church. Uh, if you're a negative Nelly, and we've had a few here, we've had several here, did I say that out loud? If you're a negative Nelly, and you're not happy, and you're just not getting on board, I want to tell you, there are dying churches all over this city and in these counties all around us. Feel free. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, and, and you want to know the difference between churches? I'm just saying it. I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Here's the reason why. I don't have much time left. <laughs> Literally. I, I don't know uh, when God's going to take me home, but I'm getting older. But I'm not going out with a bunch of negative Nellies who are poo-pooing everything that God wants to do. They're against everything that we got to do. It. Yeah, I said poo-poo. Uh, and, and I'm just telling you, they get more worried about something that I say inappropriate on Sunday than they do the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't have time for you. People are dying and going to hell. Let's take the gospel to the city and the community and around the world. I'm focused on Jesus. I want people that are excited and have joy in their hearts and life. Rejoice always about the kingdom of God. Growing churches are focused on the joy of what Jesus is doing and making disciples. As we dig deeper into this text, some of you are here this morning, and you're going, and I can hear you now. You're already mad about this whole sermon. You're not coming back to the rest of this series. And maybe in your circumstances, you're struggling. You hate what I'm preaching on today because you're not enjoying life. You're not rejoicing. Maybe you love all of the doctrinal statements that I've made today. However, and you really want to have joy, but just your current hurts and pains that are legitimate, the sorrow that you're going through in this season of your life, the spiritual journey has caused you to legitimately question whether God is good and whether he loves you. And the answer is, it's not as difficult as you make it. What Paul says, no matter where you're at, rejoice always. Rejoice always. <clears throat> I hate doing what I'm getting ready to do. I've argued with God this weekend. But God wants me to reveal the spiritual warfare going on here at Connect Church and call it what it is. Call out the enemy to help you with your struggles. And through this, I hope God's going to help you learn how to rejoice always. About 10 months ago, <clears throat> quietly, not pronounced here at our church, I began to pray privately. We come out of COVID, staff retreat. God had already laid on my heart in June. Doesn't make sense. I want you to preach on Thanksgiving. But he knew what he was doing. And we'll get there here in a second. I began to pray, Jared, 10 months ago for revival. Our country was coming out of COVID. I saw 20% of the church leaving and never coming back, which has happened. Thank God we've got new people and God's growing the church. 
but incredible devastation. Churches closing, pastors being fired all over the places because people got upset in the way that nobody was happy. You couldn't win. Mass, no mass. That pastors got fired all over the places because congregations just fed off of it and all the negative stuff. Pastors committing suicide. Unbelievable rate of pastors that committed suicide through the COVID pastoral quit. Unbelievable. Churches closing in the country. The att- attendance in a church in America dropped below 50% for the first time in our country's history. This is where we're at as a nation. It's time for revival, guys. It's time for us to wake up and have the power of God. And I began to pray. And you know where revival starts? It's not in a big Billy Graham crusade. Revival, biblically, his church history, when you study it, I've been reading about it. Revival starts here. Revival starts in my heart. And so for the first 10 months as I began to pray this, God began to change me. And I said, you know what? I'm trying to lead my staff. I'm trying to lead this church out of COVID. Everybody else, you know, churches, not us, but most churches and even us had 20% that, that never came back. And, but, but through all of this, through all of this, I said, our church cannot, we, and that's what we had to determine. Real leaders had to determine, you can't lead like you did in the past. Church will never be the same. You can't even flip and do an offering anymore. So all of the stuff, and then we forget. And so all of the stuff has changed. And I said, God, our church needs a new pastor. Our church needs a better preacher, amen? Uh, and I began to pray that God would change me. Do a revival in my heart. And oh my goodness, when you begin to pray that, wow, <laughs> stuff hits the fan, I'm just telling you. And God began to change my heart. And it's been good. It really has been good. And then I added to it, God give revival to Connect Church. I know we're not supposed to pray this during this COVID season and people and all that, but God revive church. God bring a spirit back to our church and God, and for the last seven months, seven consecutive months, God has given us a taste of revival. Somebody has gotten saved, baptized, or joined the church seven straight months here at Connect Church. Give God a round of applause, an amazing, miraculous thing that he is doing. New families coming every week. Unbelievable. You can't quantify that. There's no thing that we're doing. It's God. He's answering prayer. Pray without ceasing. But now back to this whole thing about rejoicing always. I also began to pray that God would launch our church to do way more than just worry about our campus. It's time we got over ourselves and we became a church that is interested in planting other churches and helping get the gospel around the world. And do you know what happened in this last 10 months? Think about this, where we're at today. I would have never dreamed that we would be here this morning, 10 months later. In that 10 months, there was a little group of people who had been wounded by church. They had been wounded, they had been hurt by people in churches and leaders in churches, and people who had dropped out, and they began to watch Connect Church in COVID and began to see that Christianity is not what some religious stuff has about it. And through Connect Church, 
rededicated their lives, got excited, and in Mountain Grove, Missouri, they now have about 15 people that come together and watch our services online, started a connect group in February, and meet and discuss the sermon on Sunday night, and almost everybody in their group has been wounded by religion, been wounded by church, just like many of you, and they're coming to a place where they realize that, you know what, church is not all bad, religious people are not all bad, God can do it right when the Holy Spirit, when we get out of the way and we let God lead the church, this is what it can be. And I'm telling you, God is reviving that group. Who would have thought that we would have a satellite campus in Mountain Grove, Missouri, who's now going to Chicago this weekend? Somebody say amen. And then I never dreamed that I would get a call in January from a frustrated pastor in Jackson, Mississippi, and say, hey, I understand you've been trained in, in, in coaching other churches and you guys are wanting to spread this discipleship message. Would you come? Would you come, Brother Terry, and coach our church and help revitalize the ministry? We're about 20 people and we really believe that God wants to help revitalize this church in this capital city. Would you come and coach us on discipleship, evangelism, and how to pray? I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. Now we've made a contract of helping revitalize a church in Pearl, Mississippi. Again, would somebody say amen? But it gets better. We never dreamed that last fall God would lay on his heart Tanner that loves Japan. I think it's just the sushi, but he loves the Japanese people, and, and, uh, and he really does love some sushi, and uh, he's trying to learn a little bit of Japanese. He keeps sending me all these squiggly marks, but anyway, uh, but, uh, uh, and, and Tanner, would, God would lay on his heart, and he said, man, I really believe that, that Connect Church needs to launch out. We're going to Mexico. We're going to Cuba. We're doing all this stuff, but I really believe we need to go to Japan, and I'm like, no, we can't afford that, and blah, 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 and the Holy Spirit Spirit said, no, let's do this. And you know what we're doing? In October, we will have 10 members of Connect Church that will go to Kaisio, Tokyo, close enough. Yeah, we're going to Tokyo. And so 10 members of our church are going to Tokyo in October to help a church plant there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can, can you again, can you say amen? Can you believe that Connect Church is in Mountain Grove, Missouri, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, in uh, Tokyo, Japan today, and all three of those as us expanding what God is doing here. Give God a round of applause. Incredible what he's doing. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. You're a part. This is why you need to tithe and give. You're investing in a winner. God is reaching people around the world. You want to be a part of that. But then May would come. Many other stories have changed lives. And in May... Two, four of our church members would wind up in the cardiac unit of North Mississippi Medical Center in three-week period. I'm like, God, what's going on? Four of our members, two deacons in May. The chairman of our deacon board would be diagnosed with a brain tumor. couldn't get it. And in May, a week before Mother's Day, our boys 
Tennessee, North Carolina, and here, and have not been at home on Mother's Day in 10 years because of ministry obligations. And this Mother's Day, they all came home with the grandkids. And I was just doing what I always do. I love yard work. It's my therapy to get away from you all. And, uh, and I was out doing my pine straw and pressure washing the house, doing what I've done for 30 years. But somehow this year, isn't it ironic that I have two bulging discs in C3 and 4, herniated discs in C6 and 7, in excruciating pain for two weeks, I did what I do is I just kept going and probably aggravated in the whole situation much worse. And Belen was telling me to go to the doctor, but I didn't listen. But in the meantime, on Friday, the boys all come in for Mother's Day. And I had my own sons say, Dad, you're not dad. You're hurting. You're not even here, dude. You've got to go to the ER and get this checked out. And so while we had the family home for just a few days, I spent Blinn all night long in the ER. It was so frustrating. And what I haven't shared is that I, Wednesday will be seven weeks. And in that time period, I've not slept more than four hours in one night because of the pain. And there have been some low moments. ERs twice. I think Blynn and I, she's had wrist problems. She's had other health issues between the both of us in the month of May, 12 doctor visits. And we still don't have answers. Still haven't met with a neurosurgeon until this upcoming Wednesday. And I'm not going to lie. All in the month of May, there have been some low moments where I did not rejoice. And in God's, and I've prayed and I've said, God, what are you trying to do here? God, why is this stuff happening? Why is Satan causing all of this havoc in our church? God, what are you trying to teach us? And there's two things that I've learned in the month of May. Rejoice. Rejoice always. Are you listening to me, those of you that are going through difficult seasons in your life, confused and frustrated? Rejoice always. And I'm telling you, it sucks to hear that. And I've not been real great at it. And I've had moments that I'm like, God, I, I cannot do this. But here's the unbelievable thing that God has first of all taught me in empathy. And the, the first thing he taught me was, I am praying more for the sick and the wounded and the broken because I understand the pain of what they're going through. And he's taught me to be more empathetic and to be more of a prayer warrior. I already pray for you guys weekly, but I understand a little bit more. And I'm just telling you, God is using me to pray like I've never prayed before. 
And in the midst of all of that, rejoice always. God has opened up doors. And when Belen and I cannot get through, I have not been able to get an MRI. They told me it would be the middle of June to get a simple MRI. And a church member called and said, Brother Terry, I said, I, they said, we, I'll get you in. I said, no, they, they said they can't get me in until June to get an MRI. The church member said, you come today, we'll get you in. Another church member, they said, we need you to do physical therapy. We're going to try that before we go in and do the next surgery. And so, you know, and, and so I said, well, the physical therapist said they can't get me in until June. We can't see the doctors till June, blah, 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 and all this. The church member said, you know, listen, we'll get you in today. Some of our old Morville friends that work there, they, get, they said, you come up today and and we went in and, and I began to have and the director of the whole special orthopedics whatever they're called group he comes in and he looks at my case and he says clear my schedule I'm going to take this dude on and he began to give me some relief and got the pain down from an eight to three and what I'm simply telling you is in my darkest most difficult hours God was at work using you all's prayers the prayers the prayers of the church has kept me going I have not missed a single sermon I have not missed a single Wednesday night at times at a pain level of eight where I could not even think straight I cannot write a sermon uh, normally Thursdays I turn the sermons into Tanner by Friday morning this weekend I could not get it done I could not type it's excruciating to try to type with this hand and so I just said God you're going to have to give me I'm telling you on Friday night I laid down on the couch with a keyboard up in the air trying to do this and I've never typed a sermon in two hours but God just flowed through my fingers and the message that you have here today is God is saying to this church and he's saying to you guys rejoice always because when you need it the most I'm going to give you what you need at that critical moment I will be there to get you through and I'm telling you our God is good rejoice always and principle number two we've got to wrap all this up is pray without ceasing pray without ceasing You've got to know that the power of prayer will release the thanksgiving that God wants to do in your heart and your life. Pray all day. Here's what Paul says in verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Dr. Holmes describes this testimony in this way. Are we really persuaded that God will indeed deliver his people and bring justice on his behalf. Would you look at the screen this morning? Do you believe that first part of that statement? Are we really persuaded? Do you believe in the power of prayer that when you pray, God indeed will deliver his people and bring justice on their behalf? Do you really believe that God can bring justice? Do you really believe that God can set the record straight? Are you with me this morning? If you are, then let's pray with persistence and patience and waiting and watching. No matter what you're going through, you don't quit believing in God. You keep praying in God. You block out. I'm tired of people saying we believe in God, but you won't turn off your telephone and take time to talk with God. You won't give him 10 minutes in the morning to do your John Brown hair journal and glorify God. You keep whining and complaining about all your problems, but you don't pray. You don't get into the Word, and you wonder why God is not changing and blessing you in your life. If you believe it, then practice it. You've got to pray without ceasing. Thank you. Pray without ceasing. Would you like to hear a real life story this morning of what the power of prayer and rejoicing always what God will do? Mike, would you come to the stage? 
He's more than just a salesman for the foundation. He's a dear, precious friend who called me about, I don't know how many years ago, 2010. And I've never heard Mike's voice. But the words and the fear in his voice say, Terry, I need you to pray. I need you to pray. And I said, Mike, I got your back. And now listen to his story. I guess this is on already talk loud. So, let me see. We got you. We got you, man. There you go. You're good. Our life changed forever on April 10th, 2005. My 17-year-old daughter was on a boat at Lake Alatoona, Georgia. The kid driving the boat didn't know what he was doing, and my daughter was thrown in front of the boat, and the boat runs her over, and the propeller goes down the left side of her body and cuts her left arm off, cuts her left breast off, goes down her leg, severs her Achilles tendon, and breaks her leg. She goes into the water without a life jacket on, and these are all just high school kids, the last day of spring break. Uh, it takes about two minutes for them to get her back in the boat. They get her back in the boat, get to the dock, and EMT starts working on her, and a, me a medical helicopter comes, and she's medevaced to Grady Hospital in downtown Atlanta. Uh, meantime, we get a uh, text that said, Katie's been injured in a boating accident. Life flight to Grady, hurry. We get to uh, Grady Hospital, our daughter's on a ventilator, and she is hovering between life and death. We have no idea if this little girl is gonna make it. And this is our, ba this is our baby. The doctor started praying with us. Take her into surgery, and they save her life. She's an amputee, they can't reattach her arm, but after 14 different surgeries, they've been able to put her back together. I called Terry. I said, man, I need you to pray. It's Katie. Him and Boleyn start praying. People around the country start praying. And our girl is brought back to us. She's now graduated from college. She's married a wonderful young man. They have a brand new baby. Uh, understand we deserve hell. God loves us, but it's about him. It's not about us. At the end of the day, Paul said, please remove this thorn. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Today, um, Katie is, is uh, an advocate for children that have lost limbs to cancer. She works with them. And because, you remember earlier when I was up here talking about the estate planning and all that kind of stuff? Katie was indirectly responsible for that, as well as Brother Terry, because Katie's story has been told all over the United States. And because of that, 2,200 free will Baptist families have put plans together because bad things happen to good people. And I tell you, Romans 8.28 is our life verse. I just want to say, 
will be praying on Wednesday. I love him. God bless you. Go back to the, um, on that point about the joy, the power of thank you. Here's what I want you to write down. The second thing I learned, and the Holy Spirit just orchestrated this differently than my sermon notes, but here's what I want you to learn and what I want you to write down today. This is the whole message. Joy is not something that we work on. Joy is something that we live in. This is it, guys. Everybody needs to take a picture of this. On home, online, joy is not something that you work on. The old Baptist thought is that we've got to work our way to heaven. We've got to be good enough. You will never find joy working your way to heaven. Joy is something that we live in. It is the presence of Jesus Christ inside of you. You know what I found in the month of May? Do you know what has gotten me through the month of May and all of this difficulty? Man, I appreciate the prayers, but it is the prayers of you guys praying Jesus into my life. Jesus has showed up in an ER where we met a neurosurgeon. Jesus has showed up to give us a director over the orthopedics to take my case and to do it on. Jesus has given us Wednesday to go meet in Sims Murphy. Jesus has allowed me to preach the gospel in this flipping brace that I am ready to get rid of, but I have not been able to miss a sermon. I've been here on Wednesday nights. God is doing a revival. If you want to know how to pray, join us. Folks at the altar putting miracle prayers together. I'm telling you, God is changing our church. Because of all of this, we are not stopping the revival. The revival is coming to us in the name of Jesus, praise God Almighty. He will not be defeated. And here's number three. And I don't have time to preach on it. Develop a grateful spirit coming to you next Sunday. But here's the key that I want to get to today. Principle number four. Next Sunday. Follow the spirit of God. I'm asking you this morning. It's Paul toward the church. Look on the screen. Notice what Paul said. Do not quench the spirit folks what Christ is saying to the church today in in Tupelo what he's saying to you at home what is happening right now inside of you scares you to death to hear a message like this some of you have been convicted to your core about your attitude your negativity Jesus is no longer your superhero You need to get to be like Thatcher. The Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. And here's what you need to understand this morning. You don't need to quench the Spirit anymore. Guys, quit running from God's speaking and power in your life. The power of thank you means we no longer quench the Spirit and we allow God to change us, to be grateful and to be thankful for his presence in our lives. Would you stand with me this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior right now, I'm going to invite you to pray. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Dear Jesus, forgive me of everything that I've ever done wrong. I believe in that power of the gospel that you preached about today. And God, I want to ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, change my eternal destiny. I believe in Jesus Christ and the cross. I believe that you can save me right now and do it in the name of Jesus, God Almighty. Amen.
If you just prayed that prayer with me this morning, would, you need to come forward and publicly commit that. Our leaders, our, our church uh, ushers will meet with you and we'll pray with you at the altar and we will help you get ready to be baptized. If you made that decision, would you come right now to this altar and make it public and let us come alongside of you? We want to help you understand what it means to follow Christ. Now, church, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me talk to my church for just one second before we sing a verse of invitation. Are you tired of carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? Are you tired of always living in fear and all alone? I understand. But guys, that's not the, how God wants us to live. No one asks you to do and carry the weight of the world. It's time you turn it over to Jesus by saying thank you. Thank you for what you did for me. You didn't call me to save the world or to carry everybody's problems. You do that, that's your job. Would you admit that you need to make Jesus the superhero in your life again? You quit doing his job and you learn how to quit complaining about your life and your circumstances and ask God to give you a rejoicing spirit this morning because he is with you. Joy, the joy you're looking for, the joy you need in your life is not something you work on, guys. It's something we live in. Would you come as we sing a verse of invitation? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.